time of the day is put me in coach. Did anybody have any fun? It's all right, right? I told Rich that if you guys threw me out on my ear today, I was taking him with me. <laughs> I wasn't going to have this all blamed on myself. He helped me last night put that song together. I called him at 9.30 last night. I said, am I crazy? Oh, no, man, I just think that this is a wonderful place to be on Super Bowl Sunday. Amen? Super Sunday is what they call it. By the way, before I get started, have I told you lately that I love you? Have I told you lately that I love you? Because I do. I do, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart. So how many people know today is Super Sunday? Super Bowl Sunday, right? Okay. I see a few people representing, right? Nisi's representing with the cap. We got my Patriots over here, got my Eagles, got, got a divided house over here. Got a house divided. But that's all right. Does the Super Bowl Sunday. You know, the Super Bowl is the most watched sporting event in the world. It, uh, in fact, they had a thing a few years ago, they may be start, still trying to do it now, where they were going to uh, try to set a national holiday for the day after the Super Bowl. It's such a big deal. It's a part of Americana. And uh, so everybody knows, even if you're not a football fan, what the Super Bowl is. And then, of course, this year, as many of you may know, the NFL and their players have come under some controversy. Anybody hear about that? Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm not going to get into all the politics of that except to say this, so I guess I am going to get into a little bit. Um, these players have a platform. They have an influence. They have a celebrity of sorts. And some of them have used that to, to, uh, to, to protest things that they think may be wrong. I don't think there's anything wrong with with protesting, I believe that believers protest quite often. I, I protest against the uh, the idea of abortion in this nation. I'm going to just tell you like it is. Controversial or not, I protest that. I don't like it. I don't want it to be a part of our country. And we as believers can do that. Now, the key to that is that we do it peacefully, in love, and legally, right? Okay, we don't, can't do anything about that, but there's nothing wrong with that. That is a right entitled to us as citizens of this great country. This nation that we live in, we are guaranteed that right, even when people may say things that we don't agree with. And again, there's some things that people say all the time that I don't agree with. (laughs) Can you go through a week and find time where you can hear things out in the news media or wherever else it might be and, and, and agree with it all? But we're guaranteed that right. And so about that, I stand for people to have the right to do what they do. I just personally would not protest things where it disrespects the idea of the nation that's guaranteeing you that right. And that's just me, and I'm going to say that, and that's it for that. But the players have used their platform for that. But I'll tell you something else. That gets covered by the media left and right. You can't turn anywhere for a long time. For a little while, it's not been there. But it was on all the time about this, these protesting players not standing for the national anthem and all that. They were using their platform, what they're entitled to do. It, were, it was legal. It was peaceful. And whether you agree with it or not, they have free speech rights. They can do it. Now, there's another group of players, though, in the NFL. And these players love the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> these team players are using their platform to minister to people using their celebrity, their platform, their, their, uh, their ability to connect with people to do things to build the kingdom of God. 
And I think they should be applauded for what they do, even more so than what some of these other guys do. Watch this video. out to me and help me out at every key point in my life, whether it's watching my dad grow up and seeing how he really served the community. I get to high school and I had a coach that poured into me. I get to Ohio State and play under Coach Jim Truscott who taught me all about faith, integrity. So I know the importance of all of those small opportunities. That's the heart of serving. It's just desiring so much um, that you would be willing to give up of yourself, of your resources, um, because you believe in so much Can we give a round of applause for the NFL players that are standing for Christ? Amen. And there's a bunch of them, too. That's just, they, they did this for the Super Bowl. So a lot of those guys, not all of them, but they were, uh, you know, some Eagles players and Patriots players. There's a bunch of them. And uh, on our Facebook page, our church Facebook page, I encourage everybody who's on Facebook. Uh, some people have mixed feelings about Facebook. We use Facebook for the glory of God. I do personally, and our church Facebook page does that. We're going to put uh, three videos. That one's one of them, and the other ones are about two and a half to three minutes like that. One is about seeking Jesus. One is about serving others, you just saw. And the other is about surrender to God. 
all NFL players talking about their experience and their testimony, I want to encourage everybody here today, go to our church Facebook site, find one of those videos, or all of them, and share them out to your friends. Let's use the opportunity today for the Super Bowl, because everybody's going to be paying attention to it, to just say, here's some good seed that we're going to plant out in the cybersphere, if you will, of Facebook, and let it just be known that there is another voice out there in the NFL speaking up for the cause of Christ. Encourage you to do that. So, look, today, um, today, um, you know, I, I was going to tell you a couple of things, but one thing is, like, Christina and I have really tried to set goals each year for ourselves, you know, spiritual goals and things in our lives, and, uh, and, I, and I'm going to tell you a couple of things about it. Last year, 2017, that was a real move on our hearts about tithing. And uh, so we decided that we were going to start tithing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That was good. <laughs> we, actually, <laughs> we decided it might be a good idea to start tithing after all these years. No, we, we, we tithe, and, and we do it faithfully uh, in obedience to God's word and instruction. But we decided that we were going to just challenge our faith and step out in faith and, and do a little more. And I'm not saying that to be boastful. I'm, I'm really not. I'm saying it to say, we, it doesn't have to be at the first of a year that we should always challenge ourselves in our faith. We should challenge ourselves to, to step out more in faith. And this year, the idea was serving. You know, it was sort of like, and we've been talking about it for most of 2017, and just how can we get into a posture of serving more? And that doesn't mean just here at the church, although I think most of it will be here, but it might be serving in other areas of our community or serving a, a neighbor or helping somebody in need, whatever it might be. But expanding our faith, but what we're doing, the particular thing, is we're really stepping out in faith in a couple of areas that are, that are uh, you know, I don't know if it's scary or if it's just, uh, it's just like faith is it gives you some butterflies. But I'm so confident in what God has for us that he honors everything that he's leading us to do, and we believe he's leading us to do that. And so I wanted to talk today about serving. I just really feel like it's something that's so important, and these players talked about it a little bit. Uh, I want to first reference you to 1 Peter 4.10, and this is what it says. This is the NIV version. This says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. Say that with me. Serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. The New Living Translation says it this way. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. We have a line that we show on some of the slides here sometimes. It's sort of a mission line that we use called Experience Life Together. Has anybody ever seen that? Experience Life Together. We believe it's scriptural. We believe that it's something that we should do as believers. And by experiencing life together, that's everything. That's praying for one another, confessing our sins to one another, holding each other accountable, being a, being a, a family of, of, of love and inclusion with one another. And that's what we want to be. We want to experience life, walk out life together. And so if you want to be in a, in a posture and in a thought in your heart, and if, if you feel like this message is something for you, I want you to listen to a couple of points, three key points that I think are important to expanding your faith and serving the kingdom of God. One is, if you're going to do that, you need to join the team. Got to join the team. Now, most everybody in here may have done that, but I don't know. 
But by joining the team, what I mean is you need to be born again. Just like Nicodemus was told by Jesus, you've got to be born again. That's a, that's a part of what you need to do to join the team. Here's the good news. You don't have to be in this church to do it, although you can be. Maybe some of you may make that decision today. You don't have to be here. You don't have to be in a house of worship. You don't have to be in a Bible study. You don't have to be in the, in the presence of a pastor or a priest. That's the marvelous thing about what Jesus did at the cross. We can be anywhere and have a direct access to the throne of grace because of Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father. We can be saved anywhere, wherever it is. In fact, the Word of God says this, Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There's no ambiguity there. No matter where you are, what you've done, what's going on in your life, no matter any of those circumstances, if you confess it with your mouth and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. Just like that. You can be in the middle of the Himalayan mountain range or in the middle of Times Square. It doesn't matter how, how isolated or how crowded the site is that you may be. And I'll tell you, the Himalayas, too, I'll tell you a story. Last week I was at a conference, and there's this ministry going on. There's 20,000 villages in the Himalayas that people from Nepal have raised up a group of 1,000 leaders to go village to village sharing the news of, of Jesus. And, and listen to this. They are going into places that don't have electricity. Don't, they were seeing TV. These are, these are just little tribal villages. I may not be saying that exactly right, but that's what it is. It's isolated. There's, a, there's a, a tribe leader or a village leader in each place. And they've had remarkable stories. They've already planted hundreds of churches up there. They've got remarkable stories of where they go in and they've been healed. People have been healed from, from all kinds of disease and lame children walking and just miracles that God was demonstrating in these villages in the Himalayas. And, and then they, of course, everybody sees that and they come to know Christ. They plant churches and they're thriving the Holy Spirit's working in miraculous ways. And so they've got a goal for 20,000 villages in the next 10 years, 2,000 villages a year. They've got 1,000 people that are going up into these things. Can you believe that? Isn't that awesome? That is going on in the world we live in right now. There's people out there planting churches in all these villages and winning people to Christ. It's amazing. So it doesn't matter where you are or what you've heard before or anything else. All that matters is that you believe it in your heart. You declare it. And the Word of God says you believe that He was uh, that Jesus was raised from the dead. You're saved. That's it. Real simple. Join the team, though. That's what you got to do to do it. It's personal. can be done anywhere. So what I would encourage you is this. If you're out there today and, and, and you want to think about where you stand with the Lord today, make that decision today. Don't walk out these doors until you do. Don't walk out the doors until you do. Because once you're born again into the family of God, you are a part of the family of God. How many are part of the family of God? See, it doesn't take a long time to get acclimated into it. Once you accept Christ, you're in the family of God. Once you accept Him, you're a part of the body of Christ. That's what the Word says. Once you do this, you're on the team. You're on the team. And it takes a team, I'm telling you. You know, all of us have different gifts. Each and every one of you in this place, you may not think you do, but each and every one of you, God has given you special gifts and talents. Sometimes they may be similar. Sometimes they may be completely different. But each of you has been given a gift. And so when we 
think about things when when we're when we're looking at things uh, about being on the team. It's important to know that the gifts that you have are not any more important than the gifts that I have. I'll say this the other way around. I want to make sure this is very, very clear. Any gifts that I have that God's given me are no important than the gifts he's given you. Not at all. None of us are more important than the other. We're all different. We all fit. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. We fit together in a way that makes us a team. Remember, one can put a thousand to flight, two can put ten thousand. There's strength in numbers, right? That's the word of God. There's strength in numbers. And here's the other thing every team needs more than just a quarterback. You can't just have a quarterback. In fact, the Eagles that are playing today uh, prove that, right? They had a quarterback who, by the way, is an on fire, sold out. Jesus-loving Christian, winning people to God all over the NFL and on his own team, Carson Wentz, look him up. Amazing man of God. God's raised him up, having a, a breakout season, incredibly everything just going his way, and then he hurts his knee and he's out for the season. He, and when that happened, everybody said, well, the Eagles are done. They can't. Uh, he, Carson Wentz went down. He's their star quarterback. He's doing all this stuff. No way. They're done. Right? That's what was said. The media was saying it. But guess what? The Eagles are in the Super Bowl today. You know why? Because they were a team. When one guy went down, the rest of the team came together. You need more than a quarterback. You need a kicker. Even though some NFL players like to make fun of kickers, you need one. If you've ever stood on a football field, I don't know if anybody ever has, if you stood on the football field at a 50-yard line and you look how far that is, and the goalposts that those guys kick through are 18 feet 6 inches apart. And it looks, man, until you've out there and stood there, even from the stands it doesn't look like it does when you're standing out there. And you're like, how in the world can these guys kick that ball that far and that accurately? And they can do it just consistently over and over and over. Most of them can. Well, that's because that's a specialist. That's a guy who has a particular gift, right? He's got a gift of kicking. They need him. If you don't have a good kicker, you might lose. He's an important part of the team. But also, the same thing goes like a linebacker is not going to be able to go out there and kick field goals like that. But a kicker sure is not going to be the guy that's looking at a 235-pound guy running downhill at full speed, putting his shoulder down, hoping to get him on the ground. He's not going to have that gift. The linebackers have gifts of maybe a little more physical strength, a little more speed, a little more size. But they have a different contribution to the team. So we all have different gifts. And when we put them together, we can have a strong team. We can have a strong, stay with me now. All right, check this out, Ephesians 4.16. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Say perfectly. Perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Wow. Read that up there on the screen. Just look at that again for a minute. Wow. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part, now, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy 
and growing and full of love. See, if we do that, that's what we're going to be. We're going to be healthy and growing and full of love when we each do our part. So the thing is, you've got to join the team. That's the first thing you got to do. The next thing you got to do is get in the game. Imagine this, okay? i got my, my peeps over here with the New England Patriots. Stand up, brother. Come on now. Let's give him a round of applause for representing. I love that. I think that's so cool. But what if you saw a, a person, that's just a jersey now, that's a fan jersey. He's out there, you know, cheering his team on. But what if you saw people with a helmet, the shoulder pads, the jersey, the gloves, the, the tape, the, 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 the football pants, the pads, the cleats, the socks, full uniform of an NFL player, and you had a camera that was panning across the stands, and it was like all the fans in the audience, like you guys with your colors on, and everybody's cheering on, and then you saw these guys in their uniform, and then the camera passed by, and he'd probably come back over and say, what are those guys doing up there in the stands? What are they doing up there? It would look out of place, right? Why? Because they're supposed to be on the field. <laughs> See, Players belong on the field. Christ followers belong on the field. That's where we need to be. We've got to be in the game. We've got to be in the game. Let me tell you this. God did not design us, any of us in this room, he did not design us to be a spectator. He designed us to be a participator. We're not to be a spectator. We've got to be a participator. We've got to get in the game. We've got to get in the game. First Timothy 6, 11, and 12 says this when Paul's given Timothy some final instructions. He says, but you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Here's the important part. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Fight the good fight. For the true faith. He's telling Timothy, get in the game. Get in the game. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. And folks, we are in a contest. We're in a battle. We're in a war. Whatever term you want to use, we're in a competition. See, this is what it is. There's a battle that's raging. And if we want to be in it, we've got to get we got to join the team, and we got to get on the field, get in the game. You know, in football, they call um, football players modern-day gladiators. I don't know if you've ever heard that term before. Because they're up, and it's a very aggressive sport, lots of physical contact. And, uh, you know, that, that, I can see where that would apply. They're gladiators. So many people call them warriors. But let me tell you, gladiators, gladiators and warriors belong on the battlefield. They don't need to be spectators. They need to be participators. We've got to be in the game. First Peter 5, 8 and 9 says this, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion seeking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. Look, we can't take a passive approach to our faith. We can't take a passive approach to it. We've got to get on the team, and we've got to get in the game. We have to be on offense, not defense. We don't need to be defending ourselves.
Now, sometimes we'll do that. But we need to be on the attack. We need to be on offense. That's where we should be. We should, in fact, what we should be is we should be determined at every stage of anything that we face in our life. We should be vigilant. The Word of God clearly says this. But we need to join the team. We need to get in the game. And here's the other thing we need to do. We need to play to win. We need to play this game. And when I say game, don't get me wrong. I don't mean game like this is some fun time or something. I'm not trivializing it or minimizing it. Don't, don't, don't take it that way. I'm saying that, that, this is a, that this is a battle. And in the context of what, we're, what I'm talking about today, in terms of analogous to a football game, that's what, I, that's what I mean by that. I don't want you to take it anyway, but we are in a game. Do you want to win? I, excuse me, do you want to win? Or do you want to lose? There's not a mental option. We got to win or we got to lose. I played basketball for many years, and I tell you, there was never one game that I ever went into, not one, where I said, meh, if we win, that's all right. If we lose, that's all right. I didn't ever do that. Every single time I wanted to win because that was just the idea of it. Why in the world would I play to lose? We need to, as believers, as Christ followers, we need to have the same passion, the same intensity about winning over the enemy as we do about anything else that we have in life. That's what we need to do. We need to be, we need to be participators. We need to be active. We need to be on offense, not on defense. We need to play to win. 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 27. I always love this. Read this with me. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. Look at that. There's only one person going to get the prize. So what should we do? Run to win. If we're going to be in the race, if we're going to be in the battle, which we're going to be whether we want to be or not, let's run and play to win using everything that God gives us in our arsenal, the whole armor of God, His Word, His strength, His encouragement, the fellowship of believers supporting us, the team. Let us come together and do it together. Arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, advancing the kingdom of God. I'm going to say that again. Arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, advancing the kingdom of God. Say that. Advancing the kingdom of God. We're on offense. We want to take ground. We don't want to give up ground. We want to take ground in the name of Jesus. We want to be on offense in the name of Jesus. We want to take what the enemy has robbed from us in the name of Jesus. We want the addiction that you've been battling with to fall away in the name of Jesus. We want families to be restored today in the name of Jesus. That's the ground we're taking back. This isn't a football game. This is a spiritual warfare. And we can be victorious when we play to win. But we got to play to win, folks. I've always said many times, when we fight, we win. You don't fight. You're going to get kicked around a little bit. Now, I'm not saying we won't get bruised or dinged up a little bit now. That's okay. When we play to win, if we fight, using the full armor of God, the word of God, using all the tools he's given us, using the encouragement of the team, 
the fellowship of believers, praying for each other, confessing to one another, encouraging one another, developing our spiritual growth with one another. We win. So it says, run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. We do it for an eternal prize. That's good news. It's not in vain. So I run with purpose in every step. Every step he's talking about. He's running. He's training his body. He's training his mind. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I might myself, I might, by myself, might be disqualified. So you got to train your body, and you got to train your mind. We talked about this before. I'm going to read it again. It's never anything that you can't uh, apply. This verse right here, Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but transformed by the the renewal of your mind. Train your body like an athlete. We're not shadow boxing. We're in the game. We're playing to win. And we can be victorious. You know, renew in a Greek translation, one of the words in the Greek translation is renovate. You know what a renovation is? You ever watch one of those shows on TV? I said, have you ever watched one of those shows on TV? I said, have you ever watched one of those shows on TV? Just making sure everybody knows. (laughs) Actually, I like those shows. We moved and God blessed us. It's a miracle story I'll tell sometime. And I'm not exaggerating. A a condominium that we live in now. When we went in there, we renovated it. So what we did is the first day when we went in, we took out all the baseboard, all the doors, all the carpet, all the flooring, everything except the kitchen cabinets, the appliances, everything, filling up dumpsters. And actually, we gave a lot of it away. We gave it to people who we put it on Craigslist said, if you can use this. And, man, there were people coming up, taking the vanities and all these things, and God bless them, carpet, you know, and, and hopefully that blessed somebody. But we were, we were renovating. We were taking out the old things, and we were replacing them with new things. See, that's the renewal of our mind and of our body and of our spirit. We need to be renovating ourselves every day, out with the old, tear down the old walls, open up and tear down the doors that are blocking you from getting to where you need to get, and build it up with the things of God and the message that Jesus has for us, which is love me, love others, Act like me, talk like me, serve like me, pray like me, live like me, speak like me. Let's be like Jesus. Let's be like Jesus. And when we're like him, all of a sudden, we're renewing ourselves. We're renovating ourselves every day. All the old stuff's going away. All the new things are coming in. And it becomes to be more like him. Woo, man. I'm so glad. That we can do that. <laughs> For my sake, I'm telling you, I'm glad we can do that. What needs to come down in your life today? What walls, what doors, what needs to come down in your life today? I don't know. Doesn't matter. I don't need to know. Ask yourself, what does? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it lust? The greed? Is it uh, 
selfish ambition? Is it mixed motivation to the things that you're doing? What about unforgiveness? Are you carrying an offense around with you today? Are you gossiping and saying things that are idle and sowing seeds of discord at your workplace, in your family, in your church? What wall do you need to tear down today? What needs to be renovated today? So my encouragement to you today is to tear down those walls. Tear down those walls. It might be one wall. It might be many walls. But do it. Do it. And when you tear them down, build up, construct, renew, renovate your mind in the spirit of the Lord and the heart of a champion. The heart of a champion. A winner. Get on the team. Get in the game. And play to. Play to. I love God. And I declare that one more time. I love God. How many people love God today? I love everything about Him. I love all three. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one, Trinity. I love it all. Every bit of it does wonderful things for me. I just, I, 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 I love Him because of all that He's done for me. You know what else? I love this church. I've said that, but I mean it, so let me just tell you again. Those of you who don't believe it yet, I'm going to keep on telling you. I'm sure that's true. I love this church and the people that are in it. I love them. Not because of me, because of grace. Because of God's working in my life. Not just here. I love others. I love people in the community more than I ever have in my life. I think I've always been sort of a nice person, I think. Let me tell you, everywhere I go, I just see people with compassion and feeling love for. It doesn't matter if they're driving a Range Rover or driving a or waiting on a bus. I just have a different feeling of compassion for them. I have a different feeling in my heart. You know how that happens? It happens because of Christ working in me. Here's what it is. It's God helping me today more than yesterday. Last year was different than this year. Next year will be different than this year. He's bringing me along to be a faithful steward of his grace what we read before, if we could go back to that for a minute, 1 Peter 4.10. He gave grace to me. I can give it to others. And the more he develops that in me, the more he works in me, the more I love everybody around me. I can't really explain it any better than that. But I know I love people today more than I did yesterday. I know that I do. And I know it's because of him working in me. This is who I am. Not me, Billy Register. Lord have mercy. If that was the case... I'd be in trouble. It's because of who he has made me to be. And again, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm a whole lot better than I was before, and I'm going to be a whole lot better tomorrow than I was yesterday, and I'm going to keep on going, I'm going to keep on going, I'm going to keep on going, because I'm on the team, I'm in the game, and I'm playing to win. That's my strategy, and that's it. That's my plan. That's who I am. I'm on the team, I'm in the game, and I'm playing to win. That's who I am. That's who he's made me to be. I've made up my mind. I've made it up. I want you to make up your mind today to join the team. We're in this thing together. I want you to get in the game. Warriors and champions, we belong on the battlefield. 
want you to remember this more than anything. I want you to play to win. I want you to play to win because we're in this life as Christ followers to live in victory, not live in defeat. We're here to live in victory, not in defeat. We're here to play to win shoulder to shoulder, arm in arm, advancing the kingdom of God. Say that with me. Join your guys' arms together. Do it right now. Come on now. I know you all like each other. Arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, advancing the kingdom of God. Say that with me. Arm in arm, shoulder to shoulder, advancing the kingdom of God. We're going to play to win, folks. And with his help, we will be victorious. And people will come to know the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. People will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. People will be healed by the power of God. And let me tell you something. If you haven't gotten this by now, I'm going to tell you this. You haven't figured it out by now. I'm glad that the rights that we have in this nation to have freedom of speech that these guys are talking about. I'm happy to live in America. Home of the free, home of the brave, land of the free, (laughs) home of the brave, whatever it is. (laughs) I love it. That's a step. Let me just tell you, though, I'm happy to be an American, but more than anything else, I'm happy to be a child of God. I'm happy to be a believer that God is working in me, making me renovation in my life to tear down the old stuff and the junk and replace it with his love, his compassion, his grace, his his mercy, all of the kindness and things that come into my life because of him, not because of me. Let me tell you something else. That's who I am. And I am not ashamed. If you see me somewhere and you say, hey, you're that guy that talks about Jesus. You know what I'm going to say? You're right. And I'm in the game, and I'm on the field, and I'm playing to win. And let me tell you something. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. I am not ashamed. It is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Why am I going to be ashamed of that? The power of God working in our lives. Hallelujah. I am not ashamed. I am ready to get on the field. I'm ready to win. Who's ready to win today? Who's ready to win today? Who wants to just take the enemy and just kick him aside and say, look, I got victory over you. And I'm not ashamed to admit it because God's working in me and I'm renewing my mind and I am on the field. I'm not going to be a spectator. I'm going to be a participator. I'm going to win. Who wants to win? I want to win. I'm going to win. Not because of me, but because of Christ working through me. Stand with me, please. Thank you, guys. I love that. So I'm just going to ask everybody right now, inspired everybody's eyes.